Hello and welcome to Tribe Talking, the podcast of Tribe Talk. Here we have conversations and offer insights for Jewish middle and high school students as they look toward college and beyond. From wisely evaluating Jewish life on campuses to equipping themselves should they encounter any anti-Semitic and anti-Israeli sentiments. Tribe Talk is an expanding hub of resources guiding students and their parents along the way at a time when Jewish pride and identity is being challenged. Hi there, I'm Jordan Rich, and with me today, Dr. Rachel Fish, founding executive director of the Foundation to Combat Anti-Semitism. Now, Rachel, as a student at Harvard some years back, you encountered just what it is that we're talking about on these podcasts, a series of incidents that clearly needed to be addressed. So please share that story with us all. There's a lot here to be learned. When I was a student at Harvard Divinity School, which is the oldest graduate institution at Harvard, my first day of orientation was September 11th. And as you can imagine, no one knew what was going on. We knew there were planes that left from Logan Airport and that this horror happened in New York City and right outside the Pentagon and Pennsylvania area. But we didn't have details. And the Divinity School, which is a school that brings people from all over the world, all different ethnicities, all different backgrounds, we all came together for our first day of orientation. And what we heard from the dean was that we really didn't know what had happened, but we could assume that this had something to do with Israel. And I was taken completely aback. Now, I'm a, I'm a girl from Tennessee, and Boston was totally new to me at the time. And in my mind, Harvard was this idealized place that you know, no one could touch. And I was shocked to hear someone say something that was completely unfounded, particularly in front of people who knew nothing about what he was suggesting. After the events of September 11th, there was a huge uptick in anti-Semitism coming from the Arab world. Right. If you recall, there were television shows on state-sponsored television from Egypt, you know, bringing together protocols of the elders of Zion. Uh, there were discussions that the Israeli intelligence forces were the ones who were behind the attacks on September 11th. And because of the increase in anti-Semitism, I thought that the Divinity School should organize a conference on global anti-Semitism and that this should be a place in which you would have this conversation. When we had the conference, we had a variety of individuals come and speak from a few different Jewish organizations and advocacy organizations and from professors from within Harvard University as well. And one of the individuals who spoke mentioned that Harvard had accepted funds from the president of the United Arab Emirates and that he was promoting anti-Americanism and anti-Semitism. And I remember sitting in that room and looking around and most students weren't doing anything. They didn't really seem to pay attention to what was said. And I recall that I physically sat up and wanted to know more. And I went to the individual and I said, can you tell me more about this? And he said, we're trying to do some research and maybe you can do some and see what you learn. I actually remember on my way home that evening calling my parents and I told my parents what I had heard. And my father's response to me was, so what are you gonna do about it? And I felt a sense of responsibility then to do something. Mm -hmm. And I began doing research. 
And I wanted to understand what the relationship was between the president of the United Arab Emirates, a guy I never heard of, Sheikh Zayed bin Sultan al-Nahayan, and Harvard Divinity School. I pursued research for several months, and what I learned was that Harvard had accepted funds from the president of the United Arab Emirates to create a professorship, a position, to have a full-time faculty member who would teach about Islamic studies and teach about the Arab world. I can tell you as someone who studied this, that that was a much needed position. I was right. extremely excited for that position, but I had now concerns about who would be hired. Mm -hmm. And then I began to do research about president of the UAE. And what I learned was that this was not a democracy. He had ruled the country uncontested for you know, three decades. Uh, now one of his sons rules the country that this was a place that had major human rights violations, that this was a, with migrant workers, with camel jockeying, with children that were being stolen from Bangladesh, that this was a place um, that the government controlled every aspect of society and there was major inequality in terms of wealth and education. The Zaid Center, which was the major think tank of the Arab League and supported by Sheikh Zaid and one of his family members, was also promoting anti-Americanism and anti-Semitism through their think tank. And a think tank for all the high school students listening is a place where you actually engage in thinking about ideas that could be used in order to make the world a better place. But this place was actually inviting anti-Semitic professors from King Faisal University in Saudi Arabia, calling for uh, the resurrection of the blood libel of Jews using the blood of non-Jews for their holiday pastries. They also invited individuals who suggested that the Mossad, the Israeli intelligence, was behind the attacks of September 11th. And they, uh, president of the UAE, Sheikh Saeed, also gave the financial defense to a Holocaust denier in France where it's illegal to deny the atrocities of the Holocaust, and he provided the money to support his legal case. So this was not the kind of place that was promoting positive change in the world. And everything that was being done at the Zaid Center was being translated into Arabic to be disseminated throughout the Arab world for educational purposes, educational and air quotes. It was highly problematic. I brought all of this information to the Dean of the Divinity School, to the university administration, and I asked them to return the funds. It was $5 million and to seek reputable it was going to be a total of $5 million. It was $2.5 million that was given. And I wanted them to seek reputable funding in order to create the position. And I have to tell you, I had very little support. I had a couple of friends who were willing to help me, but that's really all I needed. The best advice I ever received was from one of my professors, Ruth Weiss. And she said, all you need is a gang. You need one or two people who care about this as much as you do, and you just make it your mission. Mm. So that's what I did, and I led a campaign uh, to have Harvard return the funds and seek reputable funding and put a lot of pressure on them in order to do that. And uh, the ultimate end to the story is? Harvard returned the $2.5 million after about a year, okay. and they never took the remaining $2.5 million that would be coming to them from the president of the UAE, and they sought 
different funding to create the position, which they did, and they now have a professor who holds that position. Often is the case, Rachel, it's follow the money in terms of uh, institutions like that. Rachel, that's truly an inspiring story. What lessons can we impart to upcoming students and students in college right now? What lessons from your own experience would you like to share? So I think the lessons learned really are starting with what my father said to me, what are you going to do about it? Mm. It was this sense that I had a responsibility. If I cared enough to actually have it, you know, cause me physically to sit up or to stir something inside my gut, that it was my job then to figure out what to do about it. Two is that it really is a gang effort. You don't need many people, but you have to make this your mission and you don't let go of it. And I think three is that every individual has the ability to make that difference. Nothing I did was extraordinary. Anyone could have done it, but it's the fact that I was willing to do it. And I think young people today need to remember they have that potential and capacity inside of them. Rachel, can't thank you enough for your expertise, your time, and most importantly, your heartfelt uh, concern for students. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Our guest on the podcast has been Dr. Rachel Fish, founding executive director of the Foundation to Combat Anti-Semitism. You've been listening to Tribe Talking, the podcast of Tribe Talk. We invite you to subscribe, download, rate, and review our podcast, and please tell your friends about us. Send us your questions and feedback. We'd love to hear from you. Our website is tribetalk.org. This is Jordan Rich. Thanks for listening.